If you're putting together a talk or a presentation, don't, repeat, don't go straight to PowerPoint. There's a much better way. Let's grab a coffee and talk about it some more. Welcome to episode 221 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, as always, for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plug in me and my guests into your earphones. This week, it's just me and the mic, and I want to talk to you about putting together a talk, a presentation, or a speech, and specifically a talk, presentation, or a speech that you might have been asked to give at a conference as opposed to putting together a slide deck to update a project meeting or putting together a slide deck to update the board on how the marketing campaign's going. No, these tips are specifically orientated towards conference speeches where you've been asked to go along, present an idea, get people to buy into that idea, maybe change their attitude, and then eventually to take some action. And tell you why this topic's come up. Two reasons. First of all, I'm about to embark on my autumn 2019 mini speaking tour. Yes, I've got a couple of conferences coming up over the next three weeks. I'm delighted to be travelling to Dublin to do a corporate conference and then a financial services marketing conference down in Peterborough. And then towards the middle of October, I'm flying over to Tirana in Albania where I'm doing the keynote speech at All Web Albania. So I'm really fired up about putting together speeches, presentations, talks at the moment. And secondly, it's a question that I'm getting asked increasingly by my customers. Can you help us to put together a killer presentation? Can you help us put together an engaging presentation? One that gets over ideas in a simple, easy to understand way, but most importantly, in a way that gets people to take action. So it's just something that I'm being asked about quite a lot. So I thought it was high time that I did a podcast episode about it. Now, I have to admit, early on in my career, if I was ever asked to put together a presentation, the first thing that I would do would be to slide my mouse pointer over to PowerPoint, click it, open up PowerPoint and get started. Usually by going heading, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, new slide, heading, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. And I know that a lot of people follow that format when they're asked to put together a presentation. And admittedly, in those early days, a lot of the presentations that I was doing were internal corporate presentations. So I guess it wasn't that much of a problem because the people who were listening to the presentation just wanted They wanted to know where we were at a certain stage in a project. They wanted to see the data on the latest marketing campaign. They wanted to see the pricing data for our latest product. A lot of the presentations early on were very fact-based. Then I started going out into the field and doing more sales-orientated presentations. But that initial desire to dive straight into PowerPoint remained. And 
that was the way that I structured a lot of my presentations early on. The problem is this does not fit with the sort of presentation that we want to give at a conference, where we want to inspire people, where we want to motivate people, where we want to tell stories, where we want to get over an idea that they can buy into, where we can get them to take action. It requires a completely different approach and diving straight into PowerPoint isn't going to allow you to do all of those things. Diving straight into PowerPoint means that PowerPoint determines the structure of your presentation. It's the slides that you've put together that design the flow. It almost becomes your script, or at least it guides the development of your script. It becomes the foundation of the presentation. And possibly it also becomes the crutch or the comfort blanket that you end up using in the presentation. And I've done it myself loads and loads of times. I go up on stage, the PowerPoint's there, the slides are there, I start talking, and I'll always have a sideways glance to check on the slides to keep me on track, to keep me prompted to remind me of what I need to say next. Now, of course, sometimes you might be in a theatre or a conference venue where they have one of those comfort monitors that's down on the floor, so you can actually see the slides without actually having to turn your back on the audience, which, which is better. But it still means that the slides are the foundation of your presentation. It still means that the slides are driving what you have to say. And it still means that the slides are really your comfort blanket and they are your crutch. And we really want to try and move away from that. Thinking back, there was one particular conference that I was at where I had one of those jaw drop revelation moments and it was actually caused by a technical failure. So I, I turned up at this conference venue and it was, uh, I think it was for a leading financial services network and it was one of those round robin presentations. So you go in and there's about five different meeting rooms where the delegates go from one meeting room to the next meeting room and the speaker has one particular room that they're based in all day. And you effectively repeat the same speech four or five times during the day. And it's just the audience that flips around. I was in my room, the projector was set up, it was plugged in, the slides were being projected onto the screen. I was feeling happy. It was the first session of the day and I was feeling really confident. And literally seconds before I was due to open, I heard a large bang and the projector bulb blew up and there was actually smoke and the audience were quite startled me included and I hurriedly went to find the event organizer and the AV person and unbelievably they didn't have a spare projector bulb they didn't even have a spare projector and of course all the other projectors were being used in all of the other delegate rooms so there wasn't a replacement bulb for my projector Suddenly, I was without my script. Suddenly, I was without my crutch, my comfort blanket. What did I have to do? I had to do the presentation without slides. And of course, this was one of those round-robin conferences, and this was the first session. I then had to do it four or five more times during the rest of the day, again, without PowerPoint. And even though the first session in the morning was quite stressful, by the end of the day, by the time I'd done it four or five times without PowerPoint, I was starting to think, do you know what? I'm not sure I actually need PowerPoint. Because I'd done the presentation so many times already, I actually knew what I was going to say. Okay, the PowerPoint 
slides could have been that comfort blanket. But I realized in that moment that I didn't actually need the slides to be a comfort blanket because I actually knew my material. And by the end of the day, I was thinking, do you know what? The PowerPoint slides were maybe actually hindering my performance as opposed to augmenting my performance. That was a revelation. Since then, I've done things differently. PowerPoint is usually the last thing that I go to when I put together a speech or a talk or a presentation. In fact, these days, I usually write the whole script out first, or at least the structure of the speech out first, before I even click on the PowerPoint icon. What I'd like to do now is to take you through the structure that I use when I'm putting together my presentations. And as you would expect, I like to keep things simple. So all you need to do is grab a notebook or open a Word for Windows file and start getting your thoughts down on paper or on screen. The first thing, let's have a look at the structure. And the first question we need to ask ourselves is, who is the customer? Who is the audience? Now, sometimes this will be leadingly obvious. If you've been asked to speak at a marketing conference, then it's likely that the people there are going to be marketers or they're going to work in companies that are wanting to learn about marketing. If it's a technological conference, you're going to be talking to techies. If it's a health and well-being conference, etc., etc., you're going to get a feel for who the audience are straight away from the title and the type of conference that you're going to. But it's always worth having an in-depth conversation with the conference organiser because they may just phone you up and say, we'd like you to talk at XYZ conference and then expect you to come up with an idea for a speech. In my opinion, it's always better to get an in-depth understanding from the conference organiser exactly what they're looking for. Find out what they want you to achieve. Find out what audience behaviours they want you to try to change. Find out what action they want you to try and get the audience to take after they've heard your speech. If you can have a sit down or at least a video call with the conference organiser and get to the answers to some of these questions, then it's going to be much better and much easier for you to put together a killer talk. Once you're clear who your audience is and what the organiser of the conference wants you to achieve, that's when you can come up with your overall idea or your overall message. Now, I've got a couple of keynote speeches that I get asked to deliver at conferences. One of them, my overall idea, my overall message is fighting back against complexity in marketing. Some people call that the cat on the mat speech. My other one is fixing broken marketing. People know that one as the John the Wine Man speech, specifically because of the stories I tell within those talks. But if you have that big idea, then that can guide you as you put together the messages, as you put together the stories, as you put together the calls to action. And if you think about it, TED Talks or TEDx Talks are all about ideas worth sharing. And for a lot of people, TED Talks, TEDx Talks are the benchmark of a really good conference presentation. Once I've got the overarching message, that overarching idea, I then like to come up with a soundbite or a one-liner that I can use and repeat throughout the whole of the presentation so that it's almost like a strap line or a jingle that gets embedded in the mind of the audience. So for example, the strap line that goes with my fixing broken marketing speech is engage, don't enrage. And I repeat that statement, engage, don't enrage, throughout the presentation, hoping that it will sit in the minds of the audience. And that's what they'll remember later on as they're thinking back over what I had to say. So look for that strap line. Look for that jingle. Jingle's probably not the best way to describe it, but you know what I mean. So now we know who the audience is, who the customer is, 
and we've got that high-level idea, we can set some goals for the presentation. And I like to split these goals into three types. First one is, what are the knowledge goals? What do I want the audience to know? What information do I want them to take in? Is it information about a product? Is it information about a process? What knowledge do I want them to come out of my talk knowing that perhaps they didn't know before? Or if they already knew some of it, how could I increase the knowledge that they have about that subject? So the first one, knowledge goal. The second one is, what are the feeling goals? Or I guess, what are the emotional goals of the presentation? Now, I'm a big believer in creating an emotional response from the audience. And again, you can do that through telling stories. But what do you want the audience to feel like when you're talking about your subject? Do you want them to feel anger? Do you want them to feel challenged? Do you want them to feel motivated? Do you want them to feel love? Do you want them to feel sad? Do you want them to have a tear in their eye as you talk to them, as you tell them your story? Building emotions and feelings into our talks again will help the audience remember the messages and will help them recall what you had to say later on when they're driving away from the conference and probably most importantly when they get back into their usual daily work routine. And the final goals for the presentation are what I call the action goals. What action do you want the audience to take as a result of your presentation? Now, it could be that you want them to buy your product or change their behaviour in some way or adopt a new attitude to a particular subject. But it's very important to build those action goals into the structure of your presentation. So we've got knowledge goals, feeling goals or emotional goals, and finally, the action goal. Combine those goals with the knowledge of the customer and that overarching idea and we've got the basis we've got the foundation for a killer presentation now it's time to start putting together the meat of the presentation a few years ago i was privileged to go on a speaker training course called world-class communication and this was a workshop put on by chris Marr from the content marketing academy but led by a very famous American speaker called Marcus Sheridan. And Marcus introduced me to loads of different concepts over the course of the few days that I attended this event. But the one that absolutely stuck on my mind and the one that I've been using ever since is the concept that he calls segments. It's gloriously simple, but basically you have one segment for each of the ideas and messages that you want to get over to your audience. But the great thing about doing it as segments is that it gives you almost like a, a plug and play structure to your presentation library. So if somebody asks you to do a talk, uh, 30 minutes and it's about marketing, you can go to your library and you say, well, I'll have segment A, I'll have segment B, and I'll have segment F. And you'll combine those together, top it and tail it with an introduction, and you've got the basis immediately for a great speech. The segment approach really works. And if you go through the process that I've already described, then you'll know which segments will work with the particular audience that you want to talk to. Each segment has four parts to it. First part is ask a question of the audience, or at least tell the audience a startling fact, a startling piece of data, a startling piece of research, something which will grab their attention for the next five to ten minutes, which is usually how long each segment lasts for. Secondly, tell a story, a story relevant to the message that you want to get over, a story perhaps full of emotion, 
Human beings love stories, and stories is the best way to get people to remember the messages that you want to put over. And, and I'm finding this more and more in the conference speeches that I'm doing myself. One of my most popular stories at the moment is the John the Wine Man story. Now, I first did this at Upreneur Summit last November, and I've actually had conferences, and I've had people phone me up and say, Roger, we want you to come and do the John the Wine Man speech at our conference. They remember the John the Wine Man story. You may remember me telling you about my friend Alan Knowles from Cura Financial Services. He was asked to do a keynote speech at an industry conference and he told the story of one of his old sales bosses. And he called that sales boss the Penguin, as in Batman the Penguin. And that audience remembered the messages because they remembered the story of the Penguin. So it's worth spending a lot of time thinking about the story that you want to tell as you put together each of these segments. The story leads into the third part of the segment, which is all about the challenge that you've created by telling the story. The John the Wineman story illustrates that there's a much better way to deal with your customers that gets them to know you, like you and trust you enough to do business with you as opposed to bombarding them with endless marketing communications. That's the challenge that that story presents to the audience. And the fourth part of the segment will always be the call to action for that specific segment. So again, going back to John the Wine Man, do you want to be a spammy webinar man constantly sending out hundreds and hundreds of emails until people hit the unsubscribe button in frustration? Or do you want to be an approachable human person who's engaging, who knows his customer and is an absolute delight to deal with? So that's given us the structure of our talk. We know who the customer in the audience is. We've got that high level idea. We've got a knowledge goal. We've got a feeling emotional goal. We've got an action goal and we've got our segments. Once you've got that structure in place, you can top and tail it with your introduction and with your conclusion. For a killer presentation, we want to open with a bold statement. We want to open maybe with a shocking statement, with a statistic, with a story, something that immediately grabs the audience's attention, something that makes them sit up and want to listen, something that really tugs at the heartstrings. We've all done the opposite, though, haven't we? And stood up and said something like, hello, I'm Roger Edwards, and I'm delighted to have been asked to come and speak to you. I'm so grateful for the opportunity, and today I'm going to talk to you about marketing. Now, that's a bit dull, and it's a bit boring. Compare that rather boring introduction that I've just done to this, which is the introduction to my fighting complexity speech. So imagine I'm just walking up on stage now. Complexity, bureaucracy, bloat, management speak mumbo jumbo and just plain muppetry. These are the enemies of good customer focused marketing. Whether you're a small business or a large business, they can creep up on you. They can infiltrate you. Today, we're going to fight back against complexity in marketing. Are you up for a fight? And hopefully the audience shout back, yeah. See the difference? Once you've done that startling entrance, by all means, establish your credentials. Give them a little bit of information about yourself, your background and how you got there. But don't overdo it. They're not there to hear the history of you. They're there to hear your ideas and be inspired by the stories that you want to tell. Similarly, at the end of the presentation, summarize the big idea. And again, maybe finish with something memorable. The end of my Fixing Broken Marketing talk refers back to the John the Wine Man story. It's something like, we don't want to be Simon the Spammy Webinar Man, do we? We want to be John the Wine Man. We want to engage. We don't want to enrage. 
Again, it's a little bit theatrical, but if you've got the story right, if you've got the segments right, believe me, it will resonate with the audience and they will remember the messages that you've put across. Now we've got a talk, we've got a speech, we've got a presentation, and guess what? We still haven't hovered the mouse pointer over the PowerPoint icon. Now we can finally get round to doing the slides. And to be perfectly honest, once you've done all of the steps that I've described today in putting together the structure of your presentation, you'll find that you don't need to create hundreds of slides that go heading bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. You'll not need the slides to be a crutch. You'll not need them to be your script because you've already written it. And as you rehearse it, as you go through it, it will embed itself in your mind. Now you can put together slides that support the messages in the presentation, that amplify them. Now, hopefully, that means we can just use photographs, pictures, and very, very few words. In fact, there shouldn't be any headings, bullet points, bullet points, bullet points anywhere, and certainly not those slides that are cluttered up with minute font sizes and lots of graphs that nobody beyond the first row can read. You'll never have to be that presenter who says something like, I'm sorry that the writing on this slide is so small and that those people at that back probably can't read it, but I'll read it out to you. No, you'll never have to be that person again because you've got your script and you can put together slides that are engaging, appealing, visually stunning and back up the messages that you want to get across. Well, I hope you enjoyed that canter through my simple steps to putting together a killer presentation. If you'd like help putting together a presentation or if you'd like more general help with your marketing, please look me up at rogeredwards.co.uk. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. I shall see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.